be admitted after the guests check in. Are you ready? Fucking ready. All right. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start this off with, with a little song if you don't mind, Frank. Sure. Uh, my world's on fire. How about yours? 2020 scary, and I want to go home. That's all I got. Oh, that's I, I guess that's why I do the songs normally to start us off instead of you. Wait, you don't like Smash Mouth? I mean, I obviously think of Smash Mouth as more of a religious experience or a spiritual experience than a band. So, yeah, I like Smash Mouth, but you just did... It was sort of like wiping your ass with the Bible, you know? Uh, touching the holy with the holy? Fair. Anyway, welcome to Motel Hell. I'm Ben the Beardo. I'm Dick the Fetty. And uh, once again, Avi, we have not watched a movie, so you guys are going to have to wait for that. Um, but Dick Fetty has, has got an interesting topic for us this week. I sure do. We're going to discuss the unsolved killing of Toya accordingly, but also mostly a bunch of stuff around it, but I'll get into it in a second. But I think before we jump into that, a couple things. First of all, we apologize for the continued sound issues based on our janky setup. If we could make it better with no effort, we would. And <laughs> uh, I know that the last two episodes, for whatever reason, wound up with a lot of those like little audio gremlins, those little digital sounding like a cell phone ringing through an amplifier kind of a thing. I don't know why that happened. I don't. You know, I think part of it was that the call we were on with Ian, that it seemed to be way worse during that, and uh, it hasn't, we haven't had that issue when it's just been us in the past, so hopefully it won't be a problem tonight. But, on the other hand, we had major storms today, and my power just came back on 20 minutes ago. They're doing all sorts of work all over where I live, and there's all sorts of intense sounds happening in the background, so hopefully they don't show up too much either. But if they do think of it as like a soft industrial backing track, so. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, elevator music for Motel Hell. Sure. So, how, how have you been, Ben? Are you physically still well? You haven't had any uh, major surgeries or life-threatening staph infections lately? Uh, no, my uh, penis is bigger. Um, I Love moved that. and I got a kitten. Nice. Did you move yeah. because you needed space for the kitten? Uh, I can't disclose that at this moment. So, did the kitten come with the place you moved into? No. Okay. So, that's exciting, and also part of the reason why we've had a little bit of a delay in our recording schedule, but you come to expect delays with Motel Hell, and like all good delays, we still haven't even created our OnlyFans page. But not for yeah. lack of content, only for lack of... Uh, well, not a lack of laziness, but an overwhelming amount of it, so. Yeah, you know, if if we could pay someone else to do it for free, we would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so true. It's just, like, hard sometimes to follow through with these elaborate bits that have zero payoff, so um, I'm going to try to get my head in the game, though, to create something that no one will look at soon. I mean, you know, if we even get one subscriber i'll be stoked true true so yeah so and, any, I'm and sorry, if we no. get if we get 50 subscribers dick fetty will put a picture of his genitals on there absolutely no question and you can tell me if i have jock itch or if my balls are just that red so yeah and that misshapen yeah think of it like two eggs but one of them is deviled <laughs> and the other one is also deviled yeah deeply deviled 
Okay, so yeah, that leads us uh, directly into our topic tonight. It's very much related. No, it's not. But, so this case came to me about two and a half years ago, I guess it was. or it was, No, it was a year and a half. It would have been now. I think I heard about it right when it happened, probably because we were prepping for a news episode. Maybe we were doing another Unsolved Murders. I don't know quite how it came to me, but... I've been just kind of loosely following it since, and it takes place in Australia, and, um... Down under. Down, down, down under. <laughs> and I guess the thing I want to say off the bat is that I don't have the usual details you would have in a true crime case, and it's not for lack of trying, but they just haven't been disclosed, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But the... The rub, and maybe that's the wrong way to put it, um, I guess the the catch, the sort of hook of Toya accordingly, I think largely is that she's very pretty, but that may speak more about me than the case generally, but I don't, I think I'm kind of at least a little on the money with that. And I think there are other aspects that play into why this case still continues to get pretty significant press in Australia and have international interest. But I mean, that was the whole thing behind the Black Dahlia, right? Like, if she were not attractive, less people would have cared about the Black Dahlia. Sure. And I think the thing that makes this exceptionally weird to cover on this particular day is that we're, what, six days into riots and social unrest on a level we haven't seen in quite a while in the United States. And this is about a pretty dead white girl and... It's just a topic I wanted to cover for a while, so I, you know, I please don't read into any of this. In, other than it is part of the discussion of, like, you know, I don't want to talk about necessarily would people of color get the same coverage, because I think the obvious answer is no. But it just, if you are a pretty young white girl, the news cares more. And I don't know that it'll always be that way, but it definitely has been that way for a long time. So, yeah. She's like the most dead a dead person can be in the sense of public interest. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to give some background information, which I have very little of. And uh, again, let me say, so I, I got a lot of my information from ABC articles in Australia, ABC Australia and they were mostly, they went light on the editorializing and they went heavy on the very factual reporting. There's some of this stuff will be word for word from some of those articles. Some of it will be word for word by coincidence because they kept it so plain language that it was hard to restate a lot of the things that they did say. And there, I read a fair amount of articles that were much more sensationalist but they didn't have any information that I didn't already have, and they didn't, and all they did was, um, you know, make uneducated guesses and engage in wild speculation, which I'm not interested in reporting. So Toy, I agree. Okay, so Toy accordingly is the daughter of Troy accordingly and Vanessa Gardner, and she lives in Cairns, Australia in Queensland, which is the state that's on the northeast of Australia, and it's not completely the tip that gets near Papua New Guinea, but it's it's relatively close to that, so it's very north and very east on the continent. And for those who don't know, it's worth mentioning now, the seasons are sort of reversed in Australia, so the winter time for the northern hemisphere is uh, summertime down there, and vice versa. So during Christmas, people are surfing and going to the beaches and all that. And that so, does... And, and this is because they are down under. Precisely. That is that is sort of the significance of the down under part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So Toya was born June 14th, 1994. Her parents split up at some point after she was born. I don't... I think they were together when she was first born, but I think they split up relatively quickly after that. Her mother is remarried. I think her father is remarried. He speaks a little bit about how when she was a kid, 
They did, it sounded like week on, week off custody. And that's, uh, I believe that she essentially lived in the Cairns area her whole life. But I have very little background information. And a big part of that, and what I found interesting in researching this and reading article after article after article, is that the parents have spoken publicly a little bit, but basically have stayed out of the public eye since this has happened and the police have released very limited information and everything that they've said essentially i'm going to talk about in in this discussion and toya's boyfriend marco heidenreich her boyfriend of three years i know very little about and i'm going to talk a little bit more about that too but there's just so little information you know a lot of times with these crimes especially even with unsolved murders or solved ones we get to we can give a whole history of somebody's life leading up to the event you know really humanize who the victim was i think that i'll still be able to humanize toya but i can't give the level of background information i would otherwise like to give um and i don't know enough about karen's or this area, North Queensland, in Australia, to really say more or make do anything other than speculate. Like, I read about the areas on Wikipedia, but, like, I don't live there. I don't know. I don't have the first-hand experience, so I'm not comfortable straying outside of anything other than the, the basic facts that I have for the most part. So, Yeah, what? and, I mean, it's also a super recent case, and, you know, a lot of cases true crime whether they be solved or unsolved don't you really don't get that information until usually somebody writes a book about it yeah well for and, the most part and until somebody solves it because the problem is here it's unsolved so the police haven't released any information and the family hasn't talked to anybody because nobody wants to jeopardize the ongoing investigation so there's just no information. If we ever get a confession or an arrest or the police say, like, we believe this person did it, but we can't arrest them for this, that, or the other reason, we could we could have a stronger narrative, but it's just not there. Right, right. So Toya, if you look her up, if you haven't seen her already, was, at the time of her death, um, a blonde-haired, young, thin woman, and... Before that, she had pink hair, she had red hair, all sorts of stuff. She was, she had this like whole little kind of pixie look. There are pictures of her with her boyfriend. They've got all sorts of like pop vinyl, Dragon Ball stuff in the background. And um, there are some pictures you can see from her as a kid. I mean, it's just all normal kid stuff. I wouldn't say that she was a nerd or anything else. She was into just like, you know, it looked like relatively normal pop culture stuff. And she just totally reminds me of, she, she has like kind of a raver chick looking a, a little bit of a vibe, but I don't, I didn't get the impression from what I read that she was like, you know, a hard partier or anything like that either. Her big thing was that she loved animals and worked at an animal shelter called Paws and Claws for a long time. And Aww. she, she's talked about by her friends, her family and her prior boss at the animal shelter that she had an incredible way with animals specifically dogs and even the feistiest you know angriest most scared dog she'd come into contact and you know within 30 minutes she'd be playing with the dog and rolling around and having a great time and that is one of the things that people speak most fondly of her about and sort of characterize is is one of the main characteristics of the way she's described now she there's many pictures which feature her dogs and her boyfriend's dogs um and i wasn't even able to get a ton of information on the dogs themselves but i don't think they've done any interviews yet either so and how, how old was she she was 24 okay. so sunday october 21st 2018 between 12 and 1 o'clock toy accordingly went shopping at rusty's market in downtown karen's at 12.40 p.m., she's filmed on closed-circuit television crossing Sheridan Street near the markets. At 1 p.m., she went to her home in Cairns where she may have changed clothes before driving back from, like, 
leaving her house again around 1.30. I'm taking this from an official timeline of events, uh, so some of these are kind of happening simultaneously. So there's a family of four that at 1.20 is having a picnic at Wangetti Beach. Police have asked um, them, have made multiple public appeals for them to bring forward information. I guess they haven't gotten any from them, at least at the time this article was written. So at about 1.30, Ms. Cordingly leaves her home at 2 o'clock, her 2009 Mitsubishi Lancer with number plate TOY146 is seen at Clifton Beach about halfway to Wangetti. At 2, 2.30, Ms. Cordingly arrives at Wangetti Beach and parks in the Southern Car Park, which is parking lot in Australian. <laughs> she takes her boyfriend's... In, in, wait, wait, in Australian. <laughs> yeah, well, in the Australian dialect, partner. So... <laughs> So I have, I've got two different reports. One is that she took her boyfriend's dog Jersey for a walk. And one is that she took her dog Indy. So I'm not sure which dog it is, but I read some conflicting information about that. But at about 2, 2.30 on October 21st, which was a Sunday, she takes the dog for a walk at Wingetti Beach, parked at the Southern uh, Car Park, and she's never seen again. At 10.50 p.m., her family report her missing, and she doesn't return home. Her family, both her mother, her stepfather, and her father go out looking on the beach to see if they can find her, and they're using their cell phones and flashlights and whatever else and don't have any luck, but basically look through the majority of the night. And I think they're doing this at this point with the help of the police, the next morning, at 7.45, her father, who had gone back out to look for her, finds her body in the sand dunes, approximately 800 millimeters, 800 meters, rather, from her car while looking uh, for her with the search party, which in this point involved the police. They also had, like, already started bringing divers out, and it this, this got a really large response. So the description I read was that she was found with quote, visible and violent injuries inflicted all over her. There is no, at least that I've read, further discussion of what her injuries were, whether they were really all over her or what, you know, more more to it than that, if there was a weapon involved or what happened. Sir, uh, do we have a cause of death? No. Other than, like, she was murdered, but not specifically, no. It's stated in several articles, and I guess at some point by the police, that, quote, from the outset, the police believed the killing was sexually motivated. I think that has a lot to do with her being a cute young white woman, or just a cute young woman, period. And, but there's no discussion of whether there was any kind of... uh, Sexual assault. Evidence of sexual assault, or anything else like that. So, the the first sort of crazy part to note is that the, this happened ostensibly some sometime between like two and probably three thirty in the afternoon. Like we're not talking about a very large beach, so and she could have been held captive on the beach for a long period of time, but. This is a beach where families go, tourists go, like, just people are constantly all over it. And the specific spot where they found her was slightly more isolated than other spots on that beach. But this was basically in the middle of the day, essentially in broad daylight. And being that it was October, it was hot as hell. Like, this is the weather that we have now, which is 90 fucking degrees, and it's goddamn June, so... Well, do we have any information of whether or not they think she was dumped there or murdered there? I'm assuming no. The, the, what I read between the lines and I think is fair to say is that she was, she was not moved. She was killed there. The reason I in part think that is that her, the dog was found tied to a tree nearby and he was happily uninjured and I guess is okay as far as dogs witnessing violent acts can be. But, yeah, it doesn't, it sounds like basically, you know, I guess they got the dog, 
like they knocked her out and then maybe they tied the dog up and then they whoever it was you know assaulted her it killed her and then left it's crazy I mean like how isolated is this beach from like where people would park to get there so I don't have an exact distance other than well they say it's 800 meters from where her car was so let me do the quick math on that for our, our quick math. 800 meters is half a mile so half a mile of beach isn't that's not close but it's also not that far I mean you know it's there's there's it looks from the pictures that I saw there are some trees and whatever it's a little bit hard to see if, especially if the coastline is going at a sort of an angle like a crescent shape or anything like that it would be and it's hot and the sun's up and all the rest if somebody was in the trees and the foliage which is right near the beach there's not a lot of uh, space between the sand the water and the foliage it wouldn't be that hard to hide in there be in there and I I what I gather from reading is that there are parts where it's it's not like just a clear line of white sand you know like if you were on the um, Wildwood Beach or the Atlantic City Beach where you can basically see all the way to the next town. Right. So there is certainly a, a, an, an ability to hide there. And one of the things that then was said pretty quickly, reported by the locals after she was discovered, was that this is an area where... Let me find the exact language because it's pretty good. So the area where she was found was a frequent haunt for odd bods as in odd people, vagrants, and sexual exhibitionists. The area was also a cell phone blackout spot, as in there was no reception. So, essentially, uh, homeless people and people who like to jerk off in public? Yeah. Hmm. And to make it Interesting. More, and to make it more clear as far as the timeline goes, the dog was found first, I believe, by her father, tied to a tree and unharmed and then she was found shortly thereafter because they thought okay this has got to be close to where she is that is the extent of the knowledge about the crime the crime scene well there's a little bit more i have to say but basically that is that's the majority of the information and you know they found her very quickly they like i said they had divers coming in who were there for days and days looking for, you know, weapons, evidence, anything like that that had been thrown into the ocean. They had the police combing all over the beaches, the area near the beaches, checking CCTV footage and all this. It was like an immediate, huge response. And I'm not an expert on police procedure, but it certainly sounds like they tried to cross all their T's and dot all their I's and get right on it as quickly as possible. That's insane. So, Detective Inspector Sonia Smith is the, I believe, lead on this investigation. Her name is the one that I've seen over and over in regard to this from day one till now, over a year and a half later. She said that uh, she was. they were encouraging people who use the car park or the beach regularly that may have dash, food, dash cam footage to send it to the police. And quite quickly... They got, you know, all these calls to Crime Stoppers and to the precinct and all that with lots of information. But if any of it has led to anything truly meaningful, they haven't really said so. The forensic police examined Miss Cordingley's car, which was found at the beach, and it was sort of strange. It's a blue Mitsubishi Lancer. It's, it's a much lighter blue than the one I owned, but I also had a Mitsubishi Lancer. Not that it really matters, but <laughs> just... Uh, yeah. Thanks for the humble brag, crack. Yeah. I don't have it anymore, but... Um, yeah, but now you have a Subaru, a Subaru, which is an Australian car, isn't it? No. Well, I thought the stars were Australian. Either way, you're suspect. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're not. It's, um, it's Japanese. But the, it's interesting because Japanese. Mitsubishi is surprisingly for whatever reason beloved in australia and it's one of their best markets and always has been for their cars i think in part because a lot of them had four-wheel drive and they've got some rally heritage and all that kind of a thing but yeah they still made lancers for several years after they stopped making them here which was in 2016 but that's sort of beside the point 
So I want to, I'm going to keep it on the timeline. So this is, we're going from October 21st, which is when she disappears in the afternoon, to being found within, I guess it was about 16 hours later or so, after she disappeared, or after she went to walk on the beach with her dog. And now we're to October 23rd, which is Tuesday. So it's, it was Sunday to Monday morning to Tuesday. So... Rajwinder Singh, later a prime suspect, quits his full-time job at Innisfail Hospital, abandons his wife and three children, and returns home to India, where he's originally from. Mr. Singh has extended family living in his hometown of Armistan in the Punjab state near the Pakistani border, 450 kilometers north of India's capital, New Delhi. I'll come back to that. But just giving you a little bit of that now. This guy just straight up was like, I'm out, and just left his family. Yes. <laughs> so, by coincidence, on October 26th, which was now five days after, there was a Reclaim the Night rally scheduled in Cairns. It was huge, like very well attended because of, in part, what happened, uh, or I think largely in part, of what happened and so hundreds of women and children marched together in far north Queensland to raise awareness about violence and sexual offenses against women five days after Toy accordingly was murdered approximately 700 people gathered in Cairns on Friday night for the reclaim the night walk the language that's used to describe this is so this is where and I want to talk more about this too but the whole nature of going into this case to me is feels like victim as pornography so it's obviously tragic well i don't think obvious well i guess obviously right now, i'm not a psychopath it's obviously tragic that a 24 year old girl was murdered walking her dog first, on the beach first of all that's fucking debatable <laughs> please continue what that i'm a psychopath or that it's tragic that you're a psychopath okay fair fair but they, the way that they describe this stuff, it's like, no shit. So they say, sadness, fear, and anger are some of the words people at the march have used to describe their feelings after Miss Cordingley's death. Of course. Like, what else are you supposed to feel? You shouldn't feel elation, wry humor, a sense of hunger for a... a glee. Yeah, right. Like Glee, a straight deep, glee. A deep desire for mac and cheese. No, I mean, yes, of course, it would be... It would be upsetting. And they said, uh, or it was reported that months before her death, Toya had posted social media messages on Facebook about and Twitter about how women were wrongly blamed when they became victims of male violence. She says, I can only imagine the rage and fear women felt feel to see women die doing everyday mundane things like walking home like they do too only to be told it's their fault and that they need to be more careful, she said in a tweet. So, I don't know that it... It doesn't have... I guess the significance of her talking about that, I don't think that she was targeted because she said that, but it's not shocking to me. Like, I believe that women feel that way. I mean, it's like Alex and I talk about, I walk the dog at Cooper River Park at 10 o'clock at night. The only thing I'm worried about is tripping over a stick because it's dark. Where she's like, I'm not doing that because I'm I don't want to be sexually assaulted in the park at night, and I'm like, oh yeah, I just like never think about that. You know, it's a very different experience, and I'm not even going to connect the obvious dots to the current times because we're not we're not. I don't think we need to get into that. We're not even equipped to deal with that um, at this point. But right. But anyways, it's just sort of a. It's not even strange. It's like, to me, it's not serendipity that th she was murdered and then there was a reclaim the night walk and previously she had said that it's unfair that women are treated violently and all that. Like, that's just the world we live in, I guess. Like, it's just... A, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's a reflection of the reality of this world, which is still surprisingly close, in my opinion, to Hobbes' idea that life is nasty, brutish, and short, and people are essentially... <clears throat> only stopped from engaging in the most hateful vices uh, for fear of the state and reprisal from it. So, but, you know, 
that's just take that with a grain of salt. That's just one uneducated idiot's opinion. So humans are gross. Yeah, that too. So that happens on October 26th. Okay, so November 9th, 2018, hundreds of people search for clues on Wangetti Beach by walking the length of the far north Queensland Beach where Toya was found. Groups gathered at the nearby Ellis Beach on Sunday where they were briefed by police and held a minute silence for Toya in respect of her passing. So they headed... So people headed, like, these are just volunteers headed to Wingetti Beach with metal detectors and spent the morning walking the length of that beach and Ellis Beach and basically everything nearby looking for clues. So this was now two weeks after her death and the cops had already basically been through everything multiple times with the, you know, the divers and the everyone else that they could get involved. But sort of at this point, we're like, you know, whatever evidence, if we missed it, it's possible somebody else could find it. The crime scene can't be... You know, they're public beaches, so right. uh, we might as well have people looking. And, you know, they got a ton of people to come out and do that. People were asked to bring drones and fishing nets. And at this point, Crime Stoppers had received over 600 calls, tips and the like, from the public in regard to the, the crime and trying to offer information. Yeah, I mean, it's also just a beach. I mean, you know, things get buried in the sand so quickly just from... The tides, wind and the wind, then on top yeah. of it you have the ocean so yeah so the following day my birthday november 10th more than 200 re- <laughs> more than 200 <laughs> residents bearing flowers gathered to form a human chain across the wangetti beach to remember toya in silence residents moved to the water and linked arms to form a line stretching out along the beach's shoreline to symbolize their stand against Miss Cordingley's death and to support each other as they came to grips with the tragic event. I don't know that you can really stand against death because I think death comes for us all, but I I think what they really mean to say is to, you know, recognize the tragedy of her violent death. And no, no, no. Believe it or not, no one died that day. They, they fended off death from that end of Australia for one whole day. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, read a book, Frank. Yeah. they. I saw some pictures. There was a smoking ceremony, which isn't what it sounds like. I think <laughs> they, they burn stuff, but they don't smoke it. It's just the smoke from the burning oh. rather than the, you know, puff, puff, pass kind of a situation. So there wasn't, like, a dude named Kyle wearing, like, I don't know, billabong and ripping a bong? No, it was aboriginals who were, were Australian natives who were conducting the ceremony, so in conjunction oh, with okay. the honkies. And uh, the crowd cast flyers into the ocean with roses, lilies, and sunflowers scattered along the breaking waves. At that point, we're now, you know, two plus weeks out. Police were still asking for information, particularly dash cam footage from odorous that were traveling past the beaches that day. Sonia Smith was specifically asking for anybody that wouldn't normally be there, like tourists or, you know, people just sort of there by accident to think back and think when they were there and look to see if they had dash cam footage, pictures, anything, you know, anything anybody could offer that could help. At this point, this is now a couple of days later, they had 800 calls to Crime Stoppers. Uh, they had forensic specialists, general duty officers, all working around the clock on the investigation. Yeah, I always forget so many other... Uh... So many other countries have dash cams and we don't. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There are there are people that use them here, but they are not as typical as they are in most other countries. Okay, so we move up to November 18th of 2018. So Toya's mother, Miss Gardner, Vanessa Gardner, makes a public statement saying that she's had many sleepless nights. Quote, it's an emotional roller coaster of grief, hate, anger and nothingness feeling hollow guilt not knowing how to feel she said life for us will never be the same miss gardner described what had happened to her family as the nightmare she described how when toya went missing the family searched wingetti beach in the darkness with little torches until first light the police had hoped as they often do with these public appeals for information and descriptions of you know from the loved ones of the victim that this will sometimes either jog people's memory, but more likely, 
or more possibly bring the, you know, sort of arouse the interest of the killer and get them to either come forward or slip up or, you know, how it goes. Sometimes that stuff works. Not most of the time, but sometimes. I, I feel like 90% of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, but, you know, I think we're all taught by TV to do it, so we continue to do it anyway, you know? I think it's one of those. Well, I mean, like, you know, if it was, like, an accidental murder, right? Like, if the person was accidentally hit by a car, the driver might come forward out of, you know, guilt. But, like, this doesn't sound... This is, like, a sexually motivated murder. Like, uh, this person... Is it some kind of probably, sex maniac? Yeah, they probably enjoyed what they were doing, and... Uh, are not going to turn themselves in for it. Yeah. So at this point, it's Im- it's also important to know there's very this is this is literally all the information I have. Quote: Police have found items of interest to their investigation, but won't provide details. I think that they, from what I understand from the totality of the information, by mid November the police had found her personal items, which were missing when they originally found her. So purse, cell phone, wallet, whatever it is, I think they located all that stuff together, but didn't provide additional details specifying exactly what it was, but that was that was what I intimated from that. Oh, uh, well, when you said items of interest, I hope I was hoping, like, you know, I don't know, like a, a zucchini uh, carved into the shape of the Blue Man Group, sure. and... You know, a, a 1967 Liberty coin. Yeah. And, One of those Apollo you know, dimes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's uh, a beach, right? You yeah. Know? And I mean, you know, or like a really good NES cartridge or something, you know. One, like of a... the, one of the cartridges of E.T. that was buried in the landfill and where is it? South America? No, it's in New Mexico. Is it New Mexico? Yeah. I think actually what they said they found was that they they found a Genesis copy of Vector Man 2, but they found the strategy guide for Vector Man 1, and that was very bizarre to them. But both had seen substantial use and abuse. So They also found the only existing uh, Nintendo PlayStation. Oh, I thought that was in a warehouse in Hong Kong or in a museum now or something. No. Well, yeah, because they found it on the beach. Ah. Yeah. Item of interest. True. Truly interesting. I mean, not really. Also, if it doesn't have the cables, well, how, you know, what's the even fucking point? Also, they uh, they found the uh, routing number for an interest-bearing account. Ah, interest. <laughs> Got him. Okay. So, investigators also publicly asked that any women who had been harassed by men in the area during the past two years to please come forward with any information relating to those events. Oh, and I apologize. This is the the fact that keeps changing as I read the articles. So, in Miss Gardner's public appeal, she said that they found Toya's dog. So, this is the part that I also found confusing. They say they found Toya's dog, which, and then other reports say it was her boyfriend's dog. <clears throat> I think they owned the dogs together because it seemed like from what I read she routinely walked the dogs both of them uh, as well as he did but uh, they found Toya's dog at night when they were searching for her and took the dog home and then the next day Toya's father Troy took the police to where the dog was found and then that's when he discovered her body and he is the one who found her it wasn't like another cop like you know which is fucking horrible so oh jeez yeah so December 10th, 2018, Rajwinder Singh's brother, Harpreet Singh, makes an appeal for his brother to come home. He says his brother would never do this, and his brother's made no contact with him, but he would like to talk with him, and so would the rest of his family. His brother did not contact him. December 17th, 2018, Troy accordingly said, Toya's father, in a Facebook post today that he felt, quote, lost and empty inside at the loss of his daughter. He said he found her body on the beach after four or five hours of searching on Sunday, October 21st. Quote, Toya is my only child. Finding her body has burnt an indelible 
image in my mind. It is something a father should never have to suffer, he said. Quote, I have other images permanently etched in my mind. Toya used to spend a week with her mother and a week with Mary and I as she grew up. I remember our backyard full of laughing, happy kids. I remember wonderful, oh, Jesus, wonderful birthday parties and Christmases. She always said how lucky she was to have two moms and two dads. Toya grew into a beautiful, caring young woman. We are all so proud of that. Toya and I shared a love that only a father and daughter can understand. Quote, I feel lost and empty inside, but will always have the wonderful memories of those 24 years. She should have had so many more. And then he went on to say, I want to thank the police, the SES, and the community as a whole for working hard to find who committed this horrific act against an, in an innocent young woman. My bright eyes, my Toya. Rough stuff. Yeah. So he went on to say, too, that he had also recorded a public appeal like his ex-wife that was going to be shown on the TV. But he believed that the or the police rather believed that the media were at this point undermining their investigation. And while he found that disappointing to have to record that and then not have it be used, he said he understood their reasoning once it was explained to him. Do, do, does do Australian police departments usually play this close to the chest when it comes to murder investigations? I don't know because I don't really know about Australian true crime. And the one thing that I, I somehow don't have in my notes and I apologize for, but at some point the media leaked that Rajwander Singh was the person of interest, the prime suspect basically in the case and the family hadn't been told that yet. So they heard it from the media first and were furious because, so at that point, the police had been keeping them up to date on everything. And when that information came out, he had already fled. I mean, he fled two days after Toya's murder, but they still felt like it hurt the investigation because now he knew that he was a prime suspect and... Fucked off to a different country. Yeah, fucked off to India. And I don't know that there's an extradition treaty or not. What I don't have is when that information was leaked, and maybe I do have it in here, and it's just much, much later, but from what I'm remembering is I don't think that they found out that the police were looking at him for quite a while... But he had fucked off so quickly that I think that's probably part of why the police were like, well, we don't want to tell him it could be this guy because like, we can't really get this guy or move forward with this aspect of it. But maybe I'm dead wrong because I don't know why. I, I mean, they have to look up. They have to look for the evidence regardless. But I'm not sure why they didn't inform the family sooner if they knew sooner. But I think they didn't know. They didn't have... A link to him until sometime later and I'm going to assume that we don't have a reason as to why they were looking at him specifically no of course not okay I do have it in here so it was reports published late 2018 so at this point it was around this time that that had happened so I think and I apologize for this listeners so her father so the media published that Raj Winder Singh was a person of interest right before her father, I guess it was like after he had recorded the public appeal, but before they had decided to air it. So at that point they said, the media is undermining us, so we're not going to use this at this point. And I know that still to this day, the police are very seriously looking at how the media got that information about Raj Winder Singh being a person of interest because no one was supposed to know that. And again, they hadn't told the family. So they're very pissed off that there's a leak in the department that got that information out. But at that point, it, it hadn't mattered anyways because he had been gone for several months. So, Right. But I've got a little bit more here. Feed me that information, big daddy murder case. June 14th, 2019. Toya would have turned 25 that day. She's remembered with her favorite cake and loving tributes on social media as family and friends mark her first birthday since she was killed on one Getty beach last year. In a statement, her father, Troy said, 
Her birthday was a painful day for the family. The first birthday without Toya will be incredibly difficult, but the community's support has been incredible and is greatly appreciated. Her mother said, we will never give up. She went on to say, I remember the day that I gave birth to you, so tiny and holding your little hand so warm. The last time I held your hand, it was so cold. Oof. She went on to say, I will always be so proud of you. Today we will celebrate with the usual chocolate vegan cake I made you every year. Friend Megan Amore said it was harder than any other usual day without her. Homicide detectives at this point have taken more than 400 statements and followed up more than 2,800 lines of inquiry, but no charges have been laid. Uh, do, you, do you have like a knock-knock joke to lighten the mood a bit? Knock-knock. <laughs> Who's there? Underwear. Underwear who? Underwear you? I hate you. I, <laughs> I feel worse now. Thank you. <laughs> I read, I was telling Alexa, I read a, I read a review of R. Kelly's single Bump and Grind. And <laughs> the review just said, I think there is something wrong with a little bit of Bump and Grind. And then gave it two stars. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's good. That's good literature. I mean, considering... Well, right, uh, that was the what's whole... What's happened recently? That, it was a very recent review. And it oh, was... Okay. Yeah, so it was just like, you didn't have to say anymore. And, I mean, the, <laughs> the message of the song is bad anyways. Like, you know, trying to fuck your buddy's girl and all that. But, uh, yeah, I think there is something wrong with a little bit of bump and grind. Yeah. The more you know. All right, you can continue. I feel better. Okay. So this is information. This is information from October seventeenth over the to the twenty first of two thousand nineteen, which is the days leading up to and the day of uh, the one year anniversary of her passing. So Wayne Prong in quotes Trimble, a close friend of Toy's family helped the family and family friends create a memorial at Wingetti Beach for Toya. Cameron Donaghy, friend of Prong, Trimble, spent 20 hours sculpting the memorial by hand. It's, so there's a couple things. It's basically, I think it's like a heart-shaped, I assume it's not stone, I guess it's wood. It's like a heart-shaped sort of platform, and then there's an additional memorial on top of it, this like sort of, tombstone but bigger and it doesn't look like a tombstone there's a painted dog and a cat or there are rather sculptures and then there's behind it it says forever toya there was she loved sunflowers among other things and she was into fairies she had fairy gardens at home um you know she was like i said <clears throat> loved animals so there there was a instagram slash twitter whatever hashtag type campaign where people were saying remember toya taking pictures young women were taking pictures with themselves or women i should say with sunflowers and all that um and all those things are like all over this memorial decorating it there's stones there's flowers there's all, all that kind of nice stuff so the day before the anniversary toya's mother painted the memorial blue yellow and white it's covered with rocks sunflowers etc there's a plaque adorning the memorial that says be the change you want to see on saturday a statement was read out to the crowd at the memorial on behalf of miss gardner who did not attend the event family friend wayne prong trimble said it had taken her quote nights and days to write and it said I would like to say thank you to all of the beautiful people who have come here today to pay your respects to our daughter Toya. The last year has been like a living hell. Without the continuous love and support in our community and the rest of the world, it would be extremely hard. I would like to explain why I chose the quote for Toya's plaque. People say, be the change you want to see. Toya already saw that she saw that so she chose to be the way she wanted the world to be so caring and loving to all mankind and creatures no matter what a truly beautiful spirit she was so in the town of Cairns slash small city um, a year after her death posters of Toya still hang in shop windows on trees her pictures found on bumper stickers her face her 
Her Facebook page is still active with over 1,200 members. I'm sorry, 12,000 members. Uh, Carrie Boss from Port Douglas, which was where Toya's um, the the uh, oh, Jesus Christ, the animal shelter that she had volunteered at previously was located in created what are called travel stones that bear Toya's name. They're stones that are decorated. They say Toya, and she gave them out to people, and I don't know if she sold them or not. It wasn't clear to me about that, but basically the idea was that since Toya wouldn't be able to travel ever again, people could take these stones with them when they traveled and, you know, put them all over the world and sort of like, you know, have a piece of her spirit or whatever to be in all these places and they've been placed everywhere from the Sahara Desert to German castles, the United States, etc. Um, you know That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they were designed to spread an awareness of Toya and her life and her story and the community's need for justice. Also the Paws and Claws Animal Shelter where she worked received funding to open a permanent dedicated space and a refurbished kennel. Her prior boss, Michael Kerr, said she had something special about her. A lot of people have come up to me and they remember her because she had either pink hair or red hair and just the most memorable personality. She had a gentle spirit, loved sunflowers, believed that how a person treated animals spoke volumes about who they were. An aggressive dog could come in and within 20 minutes she was rolling around on the floor and playing with it, Mr. Kerr said. You know, I think I I've, I feel like I've hammered this point a little bit and I don't, I'm not trying to be gross, but I think the other thing, and I guess there's I'm, I'm very jaded, but I think there's probably some truth in it, is the other reason that people seem to care is that I don't know that Toya knew everybody in the community, but everybody that knew her seems to speak well of her. I mean, it's uncommon for people to speak poorly of the dead, but it also doesn't feel like she was I mean, shitty. unless it's like Hitler. Right, 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 right. But she seems to have been exceptionally nice, and... I find that, like, I believe that she was. I have met nice people in my life that weren't just, like, sober alcoholics and, you know, whatever. There are people that just aren't alcoholics and are just nice and contribute positively to the world just because uh, it's unusual. But when it's all wrapped in the package of youth and beauty, too, it's like, this is the best that we have to offer to the world, and then she was murdered. So I think that's a big you know, that's the other sort of uh, part of why I think probably in the local community it kind of hits home. But that is that is basically all the information I have to give you about Toy Accordingly. There is There have been no other named prime suspects. Her boyfriend hasn't been arrested. Uh, he hasn't really been... Basically, he's stayed as close to the chest and out of the public spotlight as anybody else. I don't, you know, there's there's nothing in anything I read that indicates that he was ever really a person of particular interest. And, you know, it seems like partially why they were able, why they haven't solved it is because it isn't somebody obvious. It's like the true stranger on a train type of situation where if the person, if you're a total stranger who kills a total stranger, it's really hard to figure out who did it, you know? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I want to say, I think it's like 90% of murders are done by someone the victim knew. Right. That's why, you know, it's serial killers are so hard to catch because, you know, it's, it's the furthest from someone you could know, especially ones that, like, you know, murder outside of, you know, where they live. Sure. Although a lot of them don't, which is eventually how, you know, serial killers before, before we knew what serial killers were, that was the big thing because like the, their patterns were so much less obvious. So it seemed like, you know, it was hinge level connections. If it was even that, it was like a LinkedIn of a LinkedIn, you know what I mean? But I agree. It's those, you know, minimal tenuous connections at best. And this is whether it was Rajwinder Singh or some other person it's hard to know. There, there was one thing in here, and I, I don't know how it skipped out of my notes, but some of the locals talked about one family said that they they were flagged down a, a little bit after when Toya had gone for her walk. They were driving along the same road that those beaches are on, 
and they were flagged down by people who had like uh, it was two guys who had a flat tire and were desperately trying to get it fixed and drive off and they had since relayed the information to the police but I there was no other big lead like you know noticeable thing it was just a girl walks on a normal beach you know hits one spot that's like slightly isolated and is murdered and isn't found for 16 hours and they're no closer seemingly to finding who killed her now than uh, they were a year and a half ago and I apologize I do have one last thing to add so this is the last the last little piece so the Daily Mail did an article on this story November 16th 2019 and as part of it they spoke with Rajwander Singh's uncle who lived in the Punjab state and the uncle had said nobody had been to the house nobody had asked about Rajwander Rajwander hadn't been there but they didn't know like you know to them nothing was happening and they spoke with inspector Harson Deep Singh of the Punjab police who said no one had ever asked them to arrest or investigate in the last year Rajwander Singh now, whether they're telling the truth is an entirely different thing, but it appears that it might just be a very strange coincidence, which is totally possible, that this guy disappeared. And without any information as to who Rajwander Singh is, if he's got some prior history of whatever horrible thing, you know, there's there's not enough information to even begin to speculate, other than it's, like, weird to leave your family, but, like, everybody gets cold shoes and dips out once in a while, you know what I mean? Go for that pack of cigarettes and just go back to India, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, my, my, my thing, and mind you, this is complete conjecture, is sure. that, you know, it, it, it's possible that um, he might have gotten cited for, you know, you said the place was common for uh, exhibitionists, so to speak, uh, he could have been arrested or cited or whatever for uh, sexually explicit acts in the area. And I'm sure it was someone who probably, well, I'm not sure, but it's entirely possible that it was someone who went to that beach a lot, maybe did ex exhibitions, things there, and perhaps even knew that she walked the dogs there. Because, like, is there any information about, like, was it the first time she'd ever been there? No, or... this was a normal place for her. Okay, yeah, so, I, I'm, you know, it, it was it's likely that it was, like, made, you know, it's either it was a crime of opportunity or someone who goes to that beach knowing it's a blackout zone for cell phones and, you know, she goes to walk the dogs this time, you know, could have been premeditated. Yeah, I agree. I think that I, to me, it, I feel like the most likely answer is that it was not planned but was a crime of opportunity there are many pictures of her walking in her bikini with her dog you know on the beach and that kind of thing but i'm sure there were a lot of other you know young vulnerable women who probably did the same thing and so it being her was just her terrible luck but more of somebody like knowing it well enough to be able to commit an attack and then leave quickly enough and not be noticed. And because if you're 500, you know, meters or half a mile or whatever it was, I guess it was 800 meters, half a mile from the parking lot. If you just had like your bike in the trees right up near the road, you could just roll off on your bike or, you know, run up through the trees or cross the street or do whatever. There's also different ways to, to do that. It doesn't seem like they probably didn't just park in the same parking lot, but they could have. But I I feel like, you know, it's one of those, to me, where it could have just easily been somebody tried to sexually assault her and then it got out of hand and they killed her. You know what I mean? And um, But the dog being tied up, I think, shows that there was some desire to spend more time than just like a... You know, and the dogs are really big. Like, they're Scooby-Doo level really big dogs. Yeah, so, they're German Shepherds, right? No, they're not German Shepherds. They look like mutts to me. But... Well, I'm, just, okay. I'm yeah I'm pretty sure because I, I like I wouldn't think a German Shepherd would do well in Australia with the heat and all the rest but maybe I'm tripping um, regardless they somehow got this otherwise like I don't know whether the dog just had an exceptionally friendly disposition because not all big dogs are you know scary guard dogs or whatever but the fact that if the 
dog was tied up, unharmed, it seems like maybe she went for a, like, you know, like, either she intentionally tied the dog up and went to do something, or like, you know, it, it raises a lot of questions, because either the person had to be able to get the dog tied up without much fuss, then do whatever they were going to do, or... She tied up the dog, and then they came at her then. Or maybe she knew the person, and, like, you know, but why she would ever tie up the dog if she was, you know, maybe she was buying drugs. Maybe she's going to go skinny dipping. Like, I guess any of those things are possible. Um, but the dog definitely is a, is sort of a twist to it in the sense of, I would think, like, my dog is, you know, how big is Scully? What is she, 8 pounds, 12 pounds, something like that? She, You know, you could punt her. And, uh, my, my kitten's almost bigger than her. Yeah, right. And so Scully's a good girl, but like if a plastic bag shudders too scarily, like you know, she's going to run for the hills. And um, I don't know. I just um, they don't. There's no discussion of that. And I maybe one day we'll know those facts. But yeah, and I mean we also have bare minimum of information about the case, like. Right. There isn't even like an official cause of death or, you know, uh, confirmation of whether or not she was sexually assaulted, which I mean, like if they're saying it was sexually motivated, that could mean either, you know, it they did find evidence of sexual assault or uh, she was just naked when they found her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's no you can see pictures, CC. TV footage of her from the day that she was out, but like they said, they think that she changed. I don't know that I saw pictures of her after she was at the markets because I did see that camera footage. But yeah, it's the thing I guess that I, in the whole of this, no pun intended or anything, it just, more than most of the stuff we research, I just felt like. I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill in the sense of it's a murder, it's a it's a mountain, but in the sense of combing through all these emotionally raw statements from her parents, you know, because their daughter was brutally murdered over the course of a year doesn't like I don't know what I'm even getting from this. I don't think anything. And I know that there is sort I can I can admit that there's a, a level of lewdness and in my in my interest in this case and it feels bad. Like you know, I just don't even know I don't know. Like it's Well, it, I mean, the situation is also like uh not to once again connect everything to one of our favorite TV shows, but it's also very Twin Peaks. You know what I mean? Like murdered by water. She was a attractive young blonde who was loved by her community um, <laughs> fair point fair point you know and it's like and it's something that seemingly you know without like really diving into like you know local papers and stuff seem to shake the local community a great deal and it's unsolved you know I mean so yeah I mean that's all true I just still feel like when I read the, I don't need to read her parents, like how they feel about it in the sense of, I imagine they're traumatized. It's a traumatizing event. I imagine they're upset and going through the stages of grief. Like I, I don't even know how that information is worth even reporting because it seems so obvious. So that's really all I have to say about Toya accordingly. If we ever hear what happened, if more information comes out, that's not just uh, reporting on the misery of the situation. I will certainly share it, but until there's something significant and substantial, I think that's all I have to say on the matter. Yeah, thank you. Very interesting stuff. It's It, it feels very rare nowadays um, for there to be unsolved murders as much i mean at least in america i feel like uh a lot of um murders like this in america tend not to be unsolved or if they're not i don't know it's just like um you know it's it's like that thing it's like you know there's not as many serial killers anymore possibly due to the fact that you know 
police procedure and you know CCTV and all that stuff so it's it's terribly terribly depressing but also quite interesting for something like this to be able to still happen in you know the aughts so to speak yeah although the uh the girl that I had covered a couple years ago when we did Unsolved Murders, Ebby Stepik, she's still, as far as I know, they've not ever really completed her case because the police kind of fucked it up and whatever else, potentially, as we talked about when they, you know, her body was 100 meters or whatever it was from her car. But... Oh, yeah. You know, so I do think it, it does still happen, but, yeah, it's it's just not as normal and and this case is again it's just I think it's it's unusual from an American perspective of I'm looking for all the gory details and there are no gory details and yet in spite of that the case has remained important in the community but in Australia at large and is also reported you know elsewhere in the UK and on Reddit and stuff like that so it's it's definitely had more reach than you think it would without the hook of graphic violent details so mm -hmm. yeah all right kids well that's all uh, that's all we got for this week um you know keep 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 on listening we we need you we're so so lonely sure are nothing like quarantine to really twist the knife of isolation I wish I were dead. Yeah. But we're still cooler than you guys, but thanks for listening and trying to be as cool as us, so. Yeah, good luck. It's not going to happen, but keep trying. Yeah, got to go fast. Later, <laughs> nerds. Later, nerds. <laughs>